All right, so Ben Shapiro was on the Bill Maher show uh, this Friday night. And appearing alongside Ben was a terrorism and cybersecurity expert named Malcolm Nance. The conversation between the two of them got pretty heated pretty quickly. Uh, it's my understanding that there's some sort of prior history between the two. Unfortunately, it, I mean, it was really obvious that Malcolm had nothing but disdain for uh, Ben Shapiro, which I completely understand. But nevertheless, you know, Malcolm, he, he really did let uh, his emotions get the better of him. And, you know, he was fairly incoherent. Like some of the points he was making didn't quite make sense. And again, you know, it was just really obvious that Malcolm has a tremendous amount of disdain for Ben Shapiro. And that's, you know, that's fine, but you still need to engage with the arguments in a, in a clear way. And I, I like Malcolm. I think he's a, he's a good person. And I think that, uh, I think he brings a lot of insight and perspective from, you know, the military and national security perspective to certain issues. And, and that's, that's great. But, um, you know, here he just, he, he face planted. There's no other way to say it. You know, you, you just have to be honest and, and, and admit that. Uh, now, part of the problem is that the right wing has sort of created this mantra of facts over feelings, which is ironic because I've engaged with conservatives and Trump supporters in particular. I've never, never had a discussion about Trump or the Trump supporter where they did not get emotional. Never. So this idea that, you know, facts over feelings, that conservatives are the rational ones, uh, no. Human beings are in equal parts, or maybe sometimes unequal parts, rational and irrational. Just because you're conservative doesn't make you more or less of the other. Just because you're liberal doesn't mean that you're going to be more or less of one or the other. Okay? It all depends on whether or not you're actually engaging with reality in an honest way and whether or not you're challenging your assumptions and not just relying on your ideological biases. Which brings me to... Ben Shapiro. So Ben was there publicizing, right? Getting press for a new book that just got out. And the book is, is titled uh, This Author Authoritarian Moment. I believe that's the title of the book. And surprisingly, it has nothing to say. Or, hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me qualify this. I haven't read the book. I'm not even sure it's out yet, but, you know, judging from the cover of the book, he's, he's talking about leftists, right? He's talking about the cancel culture, right? He's talking about 
you know, safe spaces and all that as if those don't exist on the right, but okay. And, you know, Bill Maher sort of brought that up from the very beginning. He said, you know, now I assumed this was going to be a book about Donald Trump and his efforts to impose an authoritarian regime and to subvert democracy. No, it's not. Um, Bill Maher said, no, it's, it's, it's not. And, you know, Ben Shapiro didn't contradict that. He didn't say, yeah, you know, I, I saw some, I see some alarming trends on the left and the right. And that's what my book is about. No, no, it, it's, he's been as a political hack and that's where he makes his money, right? He force feeds people on the right. These really dumbed down uh, arguments, um, these really superficial arguments, some of which aren't even true, about the left and... It's, it's all about virtue signaling and confirmation bias, but from a conservative perspective. And to prove that point, you know, Ben says that even though many of the examples of authoritarianism on the left come from quote-unquote soft power, meaning that these are, these are coming from people who actually don't have any real power. You know, they don't hold the office of the presidency, for example, and, and et cetera. These are, you know, for example, Twitter, right? Twitter users, uh, the, the public square, right? Um, he, he says, now, wait a minute. Now, Biden, Democrats hold the presidency and they hold both houses of Congress and Biden, Biden is imposing mandates, right, uh, in terms of getting vaccinated. And that to Ben is proof that authoritarianism is at least as bad on the left as it is on the right. Because this is an example of hard power. Okay, so, so let's, let's analyze this for a second here. What Biden has done is set federal guidelines and mandates for federal workers. That's within his prerogative. He's the chief executive. And what is the purpose of that? What is he trying to accomplish? Is Biden just trying to arbitrarily exercise power in order to take away our freedom? In order to make us more compliant in general? In order to impose his will and perpetuate his authority? Right? Is this some sort of sneak attack on democracy by, by Biden? Well... You'd have to ignore the fact that the purpose of this mandate has to do with a medical emergency that we're in the middle of. We're in the middle of a pandemic. A pandemic that's killed over 600,000 Americans in a little over a year. 
to all those people who said that COVID was, you know, it's no worse than the common flu. When was the last time the common flu killed over 600,000 Americans in, in one year? When was that? And while we're waiting for that answer, um, so yes, let's put it in perspective. And then let's also ask the question, because it strikes me as a strange observation coming from someone who supports the party of law and order that you're telling me there should be no government compulsion ever for any reason is that what you're saying that the context and the rationale behind government compulsion doesn't matter like I, I don't quite understand the point that he's trying to make For his point to make sense, he must be subscribing to some notion that government mandate is, by definition, uh, authoritarian. Which, again, wait a minute. You support the party of law and order. You support the party that imposes regulations and restrictions on a variety of behaviors. I mean, let's take... Now, I understand that you can compel behavior and you can also suppress behavior, right? I mean, there's two ways that government can exercise its power in terms of, you know, dictating behavior. So, Ben Shapiro, for example, does not believe that a woman has the right to have an abortion. He doesn't support it. Doesn't, doesn't think she has the right. You know, putting aside the whole question of who, do, who makes the decision, he doesn't believe there's a, there's a decision to be made, period. Okay, so, well, how does that work exactly? On one hand, you're prohibiting abortion, okay? And on the other hand, well, what about the women? I mean, just because you don't have legalized abortion, that doesn't mean that women aren't going to seek alternative ways, right? And so what are you going to do? This is the question that I always ask of these anti-choice, these quote-unquote pro-life people, which is absurd. But, um, and I don't have a problem with someone that's pro-life. It's just be consistent about it. And also recognize that you have to resolve right, this, this tension between the rights of the fetus and the rights of the mother. Because the mother has rights. Or maybe you don't believe that she does. Maybe you don't believe, maybe you think that once a woman gets pregnant, her autonomy is gone. Okay? 
So what are you going to do? How are you going to make sure that that woman does not abort that fetus? You're going to strap her down to a hospital bed? You're going to force her to term? Are you going to criminalize abortion? How do you make the distinction when a woman had a miscarriage instead of an abortion? You know, <laughs> the problem is that people on the right, they don't think about these things. They don't follow their ideas to the logical conclusions, right? Um, I mean, I mean, look, that's a pretty heavy example. Let's say something not as heavy. Let's say uh, the requirement to buy car insurance, right? And it, this is an argument that people that supported Obamacare used in terms of the mandate, right? Well, if you want to drive a car, you've got to insure yourself. And not just to protect yourself, but to protect others that you may run into, right? Because it's not fair that if you run into them and it's your fault, you have the liability they don't get anything, right? That's not fair. You know, for me, it's it's just, it's such an absurd position to take that you can't help but think these people simply don't want to live in a society. They just don't. I understand that we have to balance the rights of the individual versus the collective, but they don't want to do that. Well, I guess it probably depends on the issue because they're not consistent, right? But it, it, let's take this issue, right? The COVID vaccination. They don't give a shit about other people. The idea that they could get COVID and pass it on to someone and they would die, it just doesn't matter to them. They don't care. And that's a problem if you want to live in a society because that's not how society works. You have to take into account the collective. I'm not saying that you ignore the rights of the individual, but it's not about just you in a society. So, Sometimes, in order to protect the vulnerable members of that society, you know, to protect, to protect society at large, you know, sometimes you're going to have to compel behavior that it's just, it's necessary. <laughs> like, I don't understand the problem here. Yes. Sometimes the government tries to compel behavior that I object to. I object to that particular action. Sometimes the government does 
wield power in an irresponsible way, in an abusive way? Yes. But again, not all government behavior is by definition abusive. Not all compulsions are by definition abusive or anti-democratic. I mean, this rigidness, this inability to, at least at some level, you know, um, concede some rights to the larger society, that's antisocial. I mean, it, it's a form of psychosis, really. To say that no one matters but me? Society doesn't matter? It's all about me? That's antisocial. There's something wrong with that. You know, we're not children. The world is complex. And I'm sorry, but you, you just can't throw around blanket generalizations like that. It's, it's just, you're not dealing with reality. So, do we need to be on guard and skeptical of government action? Sure. Should we scrutinize government action? Yes, we should. So let's do it. Let's scrutinize each government action and figure out, is this good or not? What is the purpose? Right? What's the purpose? Is this going to lead to bad outcomes? Is this exercise of power and authority going to lead us down a dangerous path. Now, I don't see how a vaccine mandate to protect people and bring us closer to herd immunity, I just don't see how that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that we should Close our eyes. But let's, if you want to remain skeptical, okay. Go into it with your eyes open, okay. But again, you know, I just, I have a problem with people like Ben Shapiro because they're coming from this, from a bad faith argument. Ben Shapiro does not give a shit about Donald Trump and all the various ways that Donald Trump tried to fuck with our democracy. He doesn't give a shit. He even said it on the show. Well, did Donald succeed? <laughs> as, if, as if that is an answer, you know? Yeah, Donald didn't succeed because of the fortitude of 
some Republican election officials in various states like Georgia, despite an incredible amount of pressure that Trump was putting on them. Now, part of the problem was Donald didn't succeed because the mechanism just didn't ex exist. And to just simply say, to be dismissive and say, well, he didn't succeed. Well, guess what? The Republican Party is passing legislation where next time it's going to put them in a pretty, pretty good position to succeed if this happens again. You know, putting politicians, elected officials in charge of voting? You think that's a good idea? Really? Giving them the power to invalidate voters? You think that's a good idea? You think that's not going to lead to bad outcomes? Right? You, you, you want to talk about abuse of power? <laughs> you want to talk about authoritarian? Right. So, look. Ben is a bad faith actor. He doesn't give a shit about authoritarianism in, in principle. He's just, he's a grifter. He's trying to make money. Just like in his exchange with Malcolm Nance, you know, he, he sort of flippantly said, whatever, Malcolm, I, you know, tonight I'm going to go back home and sleep in my bed made of money. He said that. Or I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you can go back and look at the clip. You know, he's just, he's a grifter. There's a bunch of, there's a lot of people in conservatism and the Republican Party that they don't, <laughs> they don't think for themselves. They don't want to think for themselves. They just listen to people like Ben and, and just nod their heads along. So, but yeah, so that's an example, right? That's an example of this, this hypocrisy that exists. And I'm not saying it doesn't, I'm not saying there aren't examples of it on the left, but, you know, for example, talking about Donald Trump, right? All the various ways that he tried to fuck with our democracy and just the, the sheer number of Republicans who refused to hold him accountable. There were some, there were a few, right? Um, Mitt Romney, you know, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney. There were a few people that have tried to hold him accountable in various ways, such as the impeachment, impeachment and, and whatnot. But contrast that with what's going on with Governor Cuomo, where everyone in a leadership position for the Democrat Party has come out and said, you need to resign. Everyone. Even Joe Biden is on record saying, hey man, you need to go. And what's funny is, you know, I read a tweet by some fucking idiot named uh, Lauren Boebert. I think that's her name. You know, she's... Uh, She's a rep from Colorado, I believe. Um, 
has zero fucking expertise. <laughs> I'm not even sure if she graduated high school, to be honest with you. Um, does that mean that you're an idiot if you don't graduate high school? No, no, it doesn't. You can be quite intelligent without graduating high school. Um, she's not one of those people. You know, there are people that need the structure and discipline that a higher education instills in you. Um, I'm not saying that you can't have that already or that you can't develop it, but clearly this is someone who has zero intellectual discipline or rigor. And she said that, uh, you know, it took, I don't know, X amount of accusers, blah, 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 for Democrats to do something about Cuomo. I'm like, well, wait a minute. The Democrat Attorney General of New York just finished her investigation. This is why all this is coming out. This is why all these people are, 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 are lining up against Cuomo, because the report came out. The investigation just concluded. I just love it how Republicans, they're all about due process if one of their own gets accused of something. Well, let's wait till we have all the facts. Let's wait till the investigation's done. But you flip it, and it's, oh, well, why, why wasn't this guy impeached before? Why didn't he resign before? Well, because the fucking investigation just completed. The investigation that was conducted by a Democrat. Something that would never, let me repeat that, a fucking Republican Attorney General would never investigate a fellow Republican governor right now at this point in history. It just wouldn't happen. Sorry. I mean, you don't really need much more evidence than the presidency of Donald Trump, two impeachments, and both times, both fucking times, Republican politicians said, yeah, he's guilty, but, yes, he's guilty, but, yes, he's guilty, but what they don't say is it's going to cost us our jobs. If we do the right thing, if we act on principle and actually behave in a way that's consistent with our constitutional obligation, we're going to lose our fucking job. Why? Because the right wing in this country love Donald Trump. It's a cult. It's a cult of personality. Republican Congress people know it. And they feel like they're hostages to it. Because they're careerists. It's not about public service for them. It's about power. They love the job. They love the perks. They love the power. They don't want to lose it. A few have been, I hate to say brave enough, because <laughs> I just don't see how it takes that much bravery. Okay, you lose your congressional seat. Who gives a fuck? 
right? But, you know, it's about priorities, I guess. So, 